Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. This is the Will Marotti Show. This is your host, Will Marotti, Matt Soroyce at the, uh, at the control panel, our master of ceremonies. Today is First Time Caller Friday. It's our tradition on Fridays, and we're, we're grateful to have you call in and uh, share your thoughts, ask questions, say hello, um, share your concerns. We, uh, we really look forward to talking to first time callers. It's a real thrill, a real honor. Uh, right now, a real honor is to have a guest on the hotline. Uh, Peter Lamage is a candidate for the Republican nomination for United States Senate, hoping to uh, help Richard Blumenthal retire. And I've known Peter for some time. I, I like Peter. I respect Peter. I think he's a just. I, I've said this before. I think he's a, a classic example of the American success story. And uh, and I wanted to talk to him today because I'm so, as you know, I'm so heartbroken over the situation in Ukraine. Uh, I want to get a, a little better better understanding. So, uh, Peter, thanks for uh, joining us. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, as a young man, you grew up in Albania. Is that correct? That is correct, sir. And during that time, Albania was uh, controlled by communists. That is correct. We were pretty much a satellite of Russia. Okay. How much of that do you remember, Peter? What What was life like as a as a Russian satellite country? Um, look, I remember everything. I mean, I remember the fact that uh, my family and I, we were pretty much told what to think, what to say, what schools to attend. It was uh, all about propaganda, loving the Communist Party, which was above everything, including God, uh, you know, the party meant everything. And uh, the, the, the scope and reach of the government was in every aspect of our lives. Uh, I mean, think about this. We had to uh, stand in line to purchase bread, which was a certain amount, a ratio that the government would give us. There was no private property. There was no freedom of speech. Mm. Uh, you name it. I mean, I remember all of those things. And the, the worst thing that I remember is the fact that when my family was taken to a concentration camp, uh, you know, because we had different political views, uh, mm. my father was tortured to death because... Uh, he had failed to notify the government that his sons wanted to escape Albania. Uh, I mean, it's, a, uh, it's an ideology that is evil. And when I see American-born citizens, including elected officials such as Bernie Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez and Richard Blumenthal, embracing such ideology, I think it's an insult to many, many, I mean, millions of uh, Eastern Europeans who escaped that evil yes. ideology, searching for freedom and opportunity in the United States. How uh, I mean I've been I've been so sick over this Ukrainian thing. My mother's mother, my grandmother, uh, was Ukrainian, and so I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a quarter Ukrainian, and uh, I I take a personal interest in it, and and it's heartbreaking to see what's happening now. I mean, there's all kinds of oh, it's 
it's their fault. Putin's just protecting Russia. I mean, it goes on and on. The bottom line is innocent men, women, children are being killed, being mutilated, being chased out of their homes. Their homes have been reduced to, to dust and rubble. Um, the, the, when you see something like that, does it, does it, does it bring back uh, thoughts of, of communist rule? or how, how are you responding to the situation in Ukraine now, Peter? Um, look, uh, that proves to, to the Western world that uh, communism is not dead. I mean, you still have this uh, uh, dictator in Russia, Putin, that he wants to expand and uh, reestablish the Russian Empire if he could. Uh, the, if we go back to Reagan, when he said that I would rather be feared than respected, uh, what's happening with the current administration, uh, our administration, is that we neither, neither feared nor respected. In 2014, during the Obama administration, Putin did the same thing with Crimea, annexing it and taking it and, you know, pretty much claiming to, uh, to be part of Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is where the Biden administration is failing us and has failed us for the past year or so that we don't have a clear position or we didn't have a clear position as to how we're going to handle this situation. Putin waited for four years not to do what he's doing now. Did he do it out of fear? I don't know, but he didn't do it during the previous administration. Right. It is unfortunate that the, the Ukrainian people are going to have to deal with this madness now. Well, you know, I mean, you mentioned Crimea. That was done during the Obama administration. That's and right. now you have uh, uh, the mass attack of Ukraine under the Biden administration. I mean, for better or for worse, I think I think they were afraid of Trump. I think they didn't know how to predict what Trump would do. I think they felt Trump was a wild card, and they just would, you know, wait out their time until they had an opportunity, and they, and they see that now. I wonder, Peter, do you think um, a lot of talk about this? Are are we as a country, and and, and European allies, are we doing enough to help Ukraine? Um, look, uh, there is a uh, there is an approach to it. I mean, uh, whether we like it or not, Article Five of NATO cannot be activated at this point because no NATO country has been attacked. Right. And if one of them is attacked, all of them are attacked, and then the United States is going to wind up, uh, you know, uh, being involved in the war. Uh, what uh, what we could have done it was a better training for the Ukrainians a better position to allow them to defend themselves. When we negotiated with them in 1994 under the Clinton administration that they uh, give up their, uh, their uh, um, certain you know, weapons that mm-hmm. they surrendered at that time, uh, we owe them a, uh, uh, some sort of protection, and we owe them to defend and protect them at this time as much as we can. Mm-hmm. I think that we can arm them. I think we can send them assistance, military training. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the Ukrainian people, have, has, uh, they are proving themselves that they are fighters. They are willing to defend mm-hmm. their country. The president is not fleeing. He's, he had offers to leave the country with his family, but he said, I'm staying here. I'm defending the country. I'm fighting with the, uh, the Ukrainian men and women. Mm-hmm. And that should give us a cause to support them even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's happening with uh, the Europeans and the American uh, Americans at this point, we should learn a lesson that we cannot depend on Russia for oil. Mm-hmm. We cannot depend on Russia for anything. We should wake up and not trust the Russians as far as we can spit, if you will, because the <laughs> Russians are not dependable under the current uh, leadership that they have. And I hope that the Americans and the Europeans are learning this lesson. Well, and it's, it's, it's even more sad now when you see what, uh, under the Trump administration, with the oil freedom, the energy freedom that was given, where oil producers were, made us the first time ever net exporters of both oil and, and gas, uh, natural gas, uh, 
and now in, in just you know over a year, we're 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 still having to buy oil from Russia. We're having to buy it from other places. We go to Venezuela of all places, begging for oil. <laughs> Iran, I mean, it, it's embarrassing at this point. I I'm embarrassed to to say you know he's my he is my president, but I'm embarrassed by it. There's no strength at all. There doesn't seem to be a plan at all. Um, what what do you what do you think the outcome of this is, Peter? I know Putin uh, even last week said they were going to start drawing down forces, and then he goes and enlists one hundred thirty five thousand more people in the army. What what do you think the outcome is? Well, we have a lot to learn from uh, the Reagan administration. Trust but verify. I mean, yes. you cannot trust the Russians just because they tell you we're going to right. uh, withdraw. We're moving back our forces. They continue to bomb the city. They are uh, bombing civilians. Uh, they are bombing, you know, hospitals, and then, you know, they are they they don't have any mercy when it comes to uh, making their point, if you will. They want Ukraine to surrender. Mm-hmm. If Ukrainians, uh, if if Russia st- uh, stops fighting, the war mm-hmm. ends. If Ukrainians stop fighting, Ukraine will no longer exist. Mm-hmm. So I think that the U- Ukrainians are making the right decision that they are mm-hmm. willing to die for their country. I expect the same thing from American people, including myself. God forbid we're attacked tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We have a country to defend, and the, mm-hmm. the Ukrainians are doing the same thing. And, you know, uh, Godspeed to them. And uh, the American administration should provide more assistance to them. Well, I was encouraged by a couple of polls I saw. We're talking with uh, Senate candidate uh, Peter Lamage running for, uh, well, first the, the Republican nomination and then ho- hopefully ultimately to uh, uh, help uh, retire Richard Blumenthal. Um, I saw a poll uh, about 10 days ago, and they said that, uh, and this is pretty encouraging, I think 76% of people polled, and this was Democrats, Independents, Republicans, 76% that felt like if if Putin touched a NATO country, the United States should have a a strong military response. But the thing that really got my attention was they said, what if America was attacked as Ukraine is attacked? Would you stay and fight or would you run? 56 percent, again, across the board, Republican, Democrat, and 56 percent said they would stay and fight. And uh, I, I was encouraged by that. Of course, you wish it was higher. But last night I listened to a United States senator, and, and he was saying, you know, we're, Ukraine is in the same position we were in in 1776. We were, we were being controlled and dominated by an, an, an occupying party, a country. They were, they were far bigger than in terms of military strength and, and training. They were far superior to us. And and we were fighting. We were literally fighting for the life of the country. I I, I do I do think there's some parallels there with 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 Ukraine at this point. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when you go back to the uh, Revolutionary War that we fought in the United States, there was a reason for that because we had a government that had full command and control over uh, United States at that. We were not independent, but over you know the colonies at that time. And Russia try, is trying to establish the exact same thing on Ukraine. They want to make sure that Ukraine remains part of Russia, whether it's mm-hmm. cultural, religious, or political, uh, makes no difference. But uh, the U- Ukrainians are fighting more or less for the exact same thing, for the survival of their country that we did in, uh, you know, during the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's shift gears a little bit. So... The president finally, uh, I don't agree with it, but finally in response to the the enormously high gas prices is now going to dip into the strategic reserve and pull out a million barrels a day and suspending, you know, here in Connecticut, suspending the gas tax. So I'm not doing it federally. Um, I almost feel like that's the wrong response. I mean, why not just let the oil companies set them free again and let them produce oil and gas like we were doing, you know, a year and a half ago? 
Is, is this the right response from the president is to dip into our reserve, for, which is really intended for extreme emergency purposes? Is this the right time to do this? Uh, <laughs> look, it's just a response because he's trying to calm down the pace, I guess. Uh, but if you really wanted the gas prices to be lowered, all we have to do is just open the Keystone and war, start producing over here. We have a lot of oil over here. We can have the oil companies up and running within a couple of months and produce it here. We have no reasons to touch the, uh, the, the, the reserve that we have, which was pretty much established during the Trump administration when he purchased the oil very cheap at that time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, but uh, releasing that for... Uh, a couple of months, uh, we may see a decrease, let's say, uh, 10 to 15 cents per gallon. But if he really wants to give us a break, if the administration wants to do that, all they have to do is just do away with the federal tax on the gas for a while and mm-hmm. start producing here. Because I don't think the oil prices increased because of the war. They started increasing when we decided not to produce oil in the United States. And I think that is the approach he should have to this uh, crisis that we're facing. Yeah. Hey, one, one last question. Uh, do you ever get back to Albania? Uh, yeah, actually, I was there a couple of years ago. Uh, it's uh, changed a little, but the Socialist Party is still in control. Corruption is rampant. Uh, they have yet to have an independent judiciary. Uh, you know, the uh, police and security forces are still very abusive. So, but they made some changes compared to uh, what they had prior to 1990. So, there is some improvement, but again, socialists are in power. There's a there's a a story today in the uh, the UK Telegraph that um, the the Albanians don't want uh, Russian gas piped through, and uh, apparently they're going to do something to block it. Now, what what is the what governmentally what is the relationship between Albania and Russia? Uh, it's not it's not good at all at this point because the Albanian people actually do fear the Russian expansion in the Balkans and all over Eastern Europe. And we know what we endured un- under the Russian rule, if you will, for 50 years. Mm-hmm. And we fear that if Russia has influence over the Balkans, including Albania, we're going to be facing the same situation that we faced from 1940 to 1990. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, a lot of Albanians uh, you know, are against uh, the Russian influence in the Balkans, in the Balkans. So they see this Ukrainian expansion as a potential threat to them as well. Yes, sir. That's what they see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, if people want to learn more about your campaign or they want to make a donation or want to get involved, volunteer, how do they how do they get a hold of you, Peter? Uh, the website is PeterLumage.com. It's P-E-T-E-R-L-U-M-H-A. It's one word, PeterLumage.com. And uh, mm-hmm. there are all the social medias attached to it. And you have all of your priorities listed there, things that you feel strongly about and and uh, your your bio and information, and, and there is a, a donate button there as well. Yes, sir, it is, and right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for uh, for being our guest. We'll have you on again. Thank you, uh, Peter Lamage, uh, candidate for United States Senate. Appreciate you. Thank, Thank you. you very much for having me. Have a nice yes, weekend. Sir. You too. All right, going to take a break. We'll come back. Open phone lines, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. It's First Time Caller Friday. We're looking for you as a first-time caller. We set a record for amens today on social media. The new record of 26 amens. We're looking to set the record. We could do it. We could break. The record for first-time callers in a single day is seven. We could do that today. Uh, we've had uh, we've had one. We need six more to tie, seven to break. We could do it. It's up to you. Let's work together. We'll be right back. This is Local Radio, the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080.
Welcome back, 1025 WTIC News Talk, 1080. Uh, I was just talking with Matt. I, I know I wanted to announce the location for the uh, luncheon and the date, but I, I'll be honest with you, there's, we, we're having a hard time with the location because what you're, a lot of folks have suggested, we're trying to find something that's central to the state, and a lot of what folks have suggested are kind of off the beaten path, if you will. And so uh, I'm waiting for a few more suggestions to come in to see if we get a, a more, you know, like, like for instance, the Cromwell Diner is about as, as good as you can get in terms of close to the highway, middle of the state, somewhere in Cromwell, Glastonbury, even, even Rocky Hill, um, those kind of places where, you know, people can, can get there from 84, from 91, from 15, wherever they're driving in from. And um, that, 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 that's kind of what we're looking for. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see if, uh, if we can make that happen. But I, I, may not, I may not announce it today. We have to wait till Monday, depending on what comes in for suggestions. So we'll, uh, we'll, we're, we're on it. We're on it. It's going to happen in April. There's no question about it. But we're, we're just trying to find the right place. Let's go to um, uh, George in St. Louis. Hey, George. Hey, Pastor Will. In the presidential debates, the debates between uh, Biden and uh, Sanders, yes, Biden Biden had a climate crisis plan that calls for a green new deal and it mm. calls for the end of fossil fuels, yeah, and uh, you know the end of uh, drilling on public lands. Yeah. Uh, this was this is what the voters voted on, and they voted on as a result high gas prices. Yeah. And high uh, high inflation as a result of this. Mm-hmm. So where 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 were the Democrats? Where were their heads <laughs> when they cast their ballots for Biden uh, and for yeah. an idiot plan that, yeah. that that calls for again for high inflation and high gas prices? That's where a, were your heads? That's a great question. Yeah, you know, because I think honestly, and I don't know if you agree with this, George, but I think a lot of people that voted really didn't vote for Biden. I think they were just voting against Trump. And it really didn't matter. You could have put you could have put uh, you know, uh Topo Gigio up there for you would know who that is. Most people won't they're not old enough to yeah, remember but, that. Yeah, but, but I mean you could have put anybody up there. They would have voted for that person against Trump because they hated Trump so much. They didn't vote but, for Biden, they voted against Trump. There's a whole list of things that, uh, that well were toppled as a result of a weak presidency. Yeah, you know that we're talking about Ukraine and Afghanistan, and all all of the mess with the uh, uh, illegal immigration going mm-hmm. through the border. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, defund the police, which has has um, um, compromised everyone's security in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just go right on down the list. Why did you vote for this guy? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I know, I know, in Connecticut they're going to cut, you know, gasoline tax, but the, which is the, not a good move. That, it's a foolish move. It's temporary. It's foolish. It really doesn't help but anybody. The fact, but the fact that you're cutting a gasoline tax in the first place means yeah. uh, you've got sky high gas prices. This is what you voted in. You yeah. voted in sky high gas prices and high inflation. Find a Biden voter, George, and ask him, name two things good that Biden's done. Just two. And I, I guarantee they can't. George, I got to let you go. Thank you for your call. All right, we're going to take a break for commercial news. Uh, open One open phone line, 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Give us a call. First time caller Friday. I'd love to talk with you. Make a suggestion on, on listener luncheon. We're happy to do that. 
And uh, we'll come back and open phone lines the rest of the program. We're waiting for you to call. Matt's anxiously awaiting your call. We'll be right back. Friday edition of the Will Marotti Show, WTIC News Talk 1080. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Welcome back, 1037 WTIC News Talk, 1080. Um, I think we're closing in on a location. Some more good suggestions have come in. But we do have some first-time callers on the line, so we want to take those guys. Let's go to a first-time caller in Hartford. Hello, Henry. How are you? Hi. How are you, Pastor? Good, good. A question about your church. I I know what Catholic, Protestant, and Jewish is, but what what is your church? Well, we're non-denominational, but we would, you know, historically fall, I guess, into the Protestant denomination category. We're, um, you know, we're we're pretty biblically orthodox. We're contemporary in our in our practice and observance, but we're very orthodox in our in our biblical interpretation. Yeah. And how did you become a pastor? By accident. <laughs> No, it was it was a, a funny thing. I tell people all the time. I wasn't seeking it. I wasn't wanting to become a pastor. Um, it, it just it was it became obvious to me that um, that God was calling me to do that. And um, so after a, a lot of kicking and screaming, I I finally gave in. But did you have to study for it? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Yep. Interesting. What were you doing before? I was doing a number of things. I was working uh, right before I, I, I left for ministry. I was working at a consultant company in the automotive business. Yeah. And um, and it was it was great. It was you know it was a good thing. It allowed me some travel time and everything. But I just I started as a volunteer. I started as a volunteer in church, and the more I volunteered, the more I liked it. The more I spent time there, the more I wanted to be around it. And uh, and one thing led to another. But my wife, you... my wife had gone to a, a Christian college, a Bible college. She wanted to be a missionary. Yeah, and um, it, it it just all it just all kind of fit together. So, but what church did you volunteer in? Uh, it was a church in uh, Thompson, Connecticut. What denomination was that? Uh, it, it well, it was Baptist, but it really has it kind of morphed more into a non-denominational church. Yeah. Well, thank you, Pastor. Okay, thank you for calling. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for your call. Um, another first-time caller from uh, Bloomfield, Debbie in Bloomfield. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Hey, Pastor. Well, how are you? I listened to your show. But I've never called, and thank I'm you for coming back. Glad you did. Thank you. Yes. Well, I want to increase your numbers for first-time callers. So excellent. Thank you. What's on your I mind? I heard the call. Well, I'm. I'm you know, I'm I'm a conservative. I'm a Republican. Okay. I have a hard time understanding why people just didn't vote for Trump. I mean, I understand that he didn't have a filter, and a lot of the things he said were, yeah. but he got the job done. I mean, well, he we did, and, and I think I think people just struggled. I I think you'd agree with that they struggled separating policy from the personality. I mean, that was the I guess, but it's so sad what we're going through now. Well, I mean, I hope the people that voted for Biden are happy with their vote. I mean, if they think the country is better off now than it was under Trump, I mean, I, I don't know what to do. I think they're delusional. 
Um, yeah. You, you know, That's you can blame COVID, I... you can blame Putin, but the fact of the matter is the country wasn't doing well prior to Putin's invasion, and I don't know that, that the country handled, I don't know that the government handled COVID well. No, and the gas was already going. The gas was already yeah. going up before the war. War was, so, as was inflation. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just a scapegoat. You know, yeah. everything he's yeah. done has been wrong. Mm-hmm. And you know, now they're talking about COVID coming back when you're let, going to be letting all these immigrants in at the border. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I have no problem in letting them in legally the way they're supposed to come in. Yeah. You know, a lot of people I know worked really hard to get their citizenship, and I applaud them for that. Yeah. No, I, I, I do too. I think it's, you know, I think it's the whole citizen thing, that's a whole nother, nother topic. But, I mean, it's just not fair to the people who've gone through the process to become citizens to now take all these people that are coming Ill- illegal and mm-hmm. then fast-tracking them and just making them citizens. It's just the wrong thing to do. That's what I think too. And I, I work in Catholic schools. I'm a music teacher. Okay. And um, I'm, I'm so happy that we don't have to see that in kindergarten, first, yeah. second, or third. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's really hard to hard to deal with. But Debbie, thank you so much for being a first time caller. Now, here's your your challenge: is to become a second time caller. Okay, it wasn't that bad. I think I can do it. All right, thank you so <laughs> Good much. Good talking to you. All right, bye bye. Uh, let's see. Let's go to um, James in Windsor. Hello, James. Hi, Pastor Will. Thank you for taking my call. Hey, um, um. Tobo Gijo with Ed Sullivan Show. Am I correct? <laughs> Who remembers that? That's wonderful. Yes, indeed. Mr. Eddie, Mr. Eddie, remember that? I do. Yeah, That's yeah, why I, I, I brought, I channeled up the spirit of uh, Topo Gigio. But uh... yeah, yeah, that, that's a little puppeteer mouth that you think Ed Sullivan for a kiss at the yeah. end of the show. Yeah, yeah, I remember Sunday night, man. Sunday night. That's going to show you how old we are. Well, how yeah, mature well, we are. I, I am pretty old, so I, I do remember. Well, I, I'm going to say I, I'm going to say seasoned without being sport. seasoned. Yes, yes, we're seasoned. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're we're yeah. seasoned. Oh, one and, more uh, thing. Uh, what, with 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 um, President Biden, right? Yes. People saw the good intent. I mean, he he played a good hustle. Yeah. He played a good con. Okay, and I I know people who voted for Biden. And they are kicking themselves in the you-know-what today. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And they be like, I don't know why I voted for him. I said, because you hate it. See, you put your hate before your judgment. Yeah, and that was the problem. As I said, I think a lot of people that voted for Biden were not voting necessarily for Biden as much as they were against Trump. It was all about getting him out of there at all expense. And my mother used to say, you cut off your nose to spite your face. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, it's, thank it's you, It's too bad. Thank you, uh, thank you, James. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Um, let's see. First time caller Friday. This is your chance. This is your chance to come in to uh, share, really, whatever's on your mind or comment, question. Uh, we'll, we're open for all that. 800-966-9842-860-522-9842. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole ministry thing, I, I did not, I, I really, uh, prior to going into ministry, I, want, I only wanted to be two things. I wanted to be an astronaut or a race car driver. I recognized you had to be in school for a long time to be an astronaut. That wasn't going to work out. And so uh, racing was going to be my thing. And I, I started racing, uh, recognized early into it that I I didn't have the resource to, to, to keep up with it. My family was, was not wealthy. They couldn't keep up with it. And so, you know, that, that was short-lived. And uh, um, 
and they just you know had a great life there's nothing wrong with it but it was it was um again just the more i got involved with church the more i i served the more i volunteered the more i just wanted to be around it and uh people were telling me for gosh three or four or five years oh you should go to ministry go to ministry i always laughed it off no no i'm not interested, not interested. And, uh, and then it just became a, an obvious, an obvious transition that that should, is what should be happened. So, you know, here it is all these years later. And, um, I guess it was the right move. I guess it was a good decision. I, I know that it was a good decision. So I, uh, I'm, I'm glad for that. Hey, let's, uh, let's see, let's, uh, well, let's take a, a break, a couple commercials and then we'll come back and we will set up for the between rounds bagel, last call caller of the day, last caller of the week, actually. Right here on the Wilmarotti Show, WTIC News Talk 1080. Back to the Wilmarotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, as usual, there's a lot of things we didn't get to today. Um, a lot of topics. Let's go to sense. It gives me some stuff to... To hit on on Monday, it still be it'll still be current. Here's one report I wanted to get to: Coffee may uh, boost your heart, uh, heart health and lower mortality. I, I hope that's true because I drink so much coffee, I should live to be a hundred if this is the case. Um, could re- reduce your your death early death by ten to fifteen percent. Reduce heart disease, stroke, uh, heart arrhythmia. Um, Largest analysis ever done of 383,000 men and women over a 10-year period drinking two to three cups of coffee a day. I drink six to eight, so they do say there's you can drink too much. I, I don't know how it's possible, but <laughs> I do be able, six to eight. Yeah, I, I'm good for about six to eight cups a day, and uh, you know I don't know if it's, it's so much habit or uh, yeah, it's like I don't need it, but I just I like it. Um, Drinking, they're saying alcohol. Now, every, well, oh, drink a glass of wine today, whatever. They're saying drinking alcohol at all um, could be could be hazardous to your health. In the study, um, researchers analyzed data from 371,000 British adults who had an average of, well, they drink a lot over there, nine drinks a week. I don't know, I think that's a lot, nine not nine beers, nine nine you know alcoholic beverages a week. I don't know. <laughs> the Irish people—they're all Irish. They're all drunks over. There. No, I, I'm sorry. I, here's the, <laughs> that'll get me in trouble. Avocados. Avocados protect heart health. The study shows people who have avocado at least twice a week have a 16% lower risk of cardiovascular disease and a 21% lower risk of, of heart attack versus people who rarely or never eat the, the fruit, avocado. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, I like the guacamole dip. I, I don't think, do they count that, I wonder? If you eat a lot of guacamole, does that count as eating avocado? I don't know. I don't know. So th- those are all things. We'll be talking about those next week. We can get into more of that next week. Um, I also want to get into this uh, Tech and Pequot story with the Great Wolf uh Great wolf thing. We'll get into that maybe next week. There's there's some things we could do. There's there's so much going on. Oh my gosh, there's so much going on. Didn't get to it. Let's take a couple calls as we set up for the last caller of the day. Let's go to our good friend in Hamden, Tim in Hamden. Hi, Tim. Well, hi, Will. I, I heard you talking about that you were going to volunteer for the airport study. Yes. Uh, one point, uh, you're going to do it for 
cheaper rates. Um, Absolutely. You know, airports might be a very interesting thing to, to talk about next week and maybe get some guests on. I mean, the the situation down here in my Tweed, yeah. you know, there are people actually talking about trying to close the airport. Yes. I mean, you yes. bought a house next to an airport and you were concerned that you weren't concerned about noise now that they're actually, you know, <laughs> getting more and more planes in there. And But the, the, the Brainerd one is fascinating because I don't know whether you know about it, but that according to, there's a lot of problems with that. That area is got a lot of contaminated soil. Well, there's like a big dump next to it. Some guy called uh, yesterday absolutely. and said, who wants to live next to that? Uh, sewage treatment yeah, thing, yeah. the, uh, the, uh, the uh, trash to energy thing. Yeah. Um, and it's, a, and it's in a floodplain. So they're going to, you know, I think, you know, the, the Democrats on the council are essentially saying, let's, let's try to make this, you know, whatever, you know, hotels and that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. How much is the taxpayers going to be on the hook for to clean up this mess for some private developer to make some money? Oh you know, man. Uh, Talk about Brownfield. Yeah. And, and how, how much is it going to cost and everything yeah. like that? And, yeah, that might be interesting, but it is again on the uh, the floodplain. Uh, there are some groups, you know, trying to oppose it. The yeah. Democrats are really pushing it, some sort of economic development plan. But all of these airports, including the one down in uh, by Stratford and Austin, yeah. yeah, these are economic development tools. Yeah, I, things- I don't know why you would want to eliminate them. I'm not saying necessarily build more, but I I think they're good for the area. And and again, on a selfish note, I love going flying out of Tweed because it's so close to my house. Well, Tweed is you know it's next to you know a world class hospital and yeah. Uh, university systems mm-hmm. and you otherwise you have to trek all the way up to the top of the state for the most part to you know to, to fly out of there and stuff so these are interesting you know but how we're going to build in a floodplain up in hartford is beyond me let alone a talk well, so, to your earlier point right so it, it, it's not like tweed is a new airport right it's been around since no. the 30s if you bought a house next to the airport you should have thought of the noise right i mean it's almost a it's a it's a specious argument for people to now complain. Oh, there's too much. Noise. Well, you bought a stinking house next to an airport. What were you expecting? Well, like, can you, you know, can we redevelop it to you know industrial areas or offices or something around that immediate area? And yeah, stuff? I mean, so could I don't know, but you know, then you, who, what if they don't want to go? What if they don't want to? Yeah, but the Hartford you know. one is my, is my concern. That's going to be a cash cow, of another big dig project like up mm-hmm. in Boston. So have a good weekend. Go yeah. go Huskies. Bye-bye. Yeah, amen. Go Huskies and go Wolfpack. Wolfpack playing tonight, Tim. Thank you for your call. All right, let's go to, uh, let's see, real quick. Uh, this is a tough decision. Hmm. Hmm. Let's go to Mike in Glastonbury. Mike, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Pastor Will. Hi, Mike. This is very short, Pastor Will. Okay. There's a rumor out there. In fact, it's just so recent that I invented it, and it goes like this. Uh there's a rumor out there that by presidential executive order, yes. April Fool's Day has been changed. The name has been changed to Citizens Day. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Oh, Mike, you're so witty. I love it. Um, don't forget Sunday. Well, I don't know if I should say this now. We might, might <laughs> chicken shortage. You know, there's a national chicken shortage, Matt. And uh, I know, but we're not bad here. But where where we're bad is like chicken nuggets, 
chicken nuggets, anything Tyson kind of stuff there. I, there. I think there's plenty of chicken chicken. But around the country, there's a national chicken shortage. There was a, a wing shortage for a while. You know, if you went to, you know, Buffalo Wild Wings, you couldn't get wings because, um, you know, there's there's this shortage going on. So uh, hopefully that's going to that's gonna end soon. I mean, gosh, I mean, we all love chicken, right? I mean, come on. Well, in the, if, maybe you're a vegetarian. So we'll, we'll get to talk more about airports. I'll talk to Joey, see if we can get some airport guests on next week because I, I really do care about that. And I do think the state should care about it because it really is, a, is as Tim said, it's an economic development tool. I mean, it's, it's good to have... Uh, it, it's good to have, uh, you know, things like airports <laughs> to, to build the economy and and uh, they're just good good benefits. All right, listen. Uh, le- uh, between round bagel, last caller of the day. If you get to be the last caller, you get a dozen free bagels for six months. They have uh, uh, locations in Manchester, South uh, Windsor, Vernon, and Tallinn. Between round bagel and today, the between round bagel last caller of the day happens to be a first time caller for Marlboro. Hello, Lee, and welcome and congratulations. Hello, Pastor Will. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. You like bagels? I do. I Excellent. try not to eat too many, though. I know, but you're going to eat a lot of these because they're so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's on your mind, uh, Lee? So I just wanted to call in. I'm a, um, a long-time listener. Your plea for first-time callers was so kind this morning. I'm like, Thank I got to call. It took, took me a while to get through, but okay. um, I, I've been listening since Rush Limbaugh. I used to oh listen to Rush Limbaugh, so it pulled me into this station, and mm-hmm. after he passed, I just mm. kept listening. So I was um, a Rush listener since 1988. And, uh, wow. Yeah. I enjoy your show. I enjoy all the regular callers. There's mm-hmm. a few that make my blood pressure go up, but mm-hmm. I won't name them. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, but there was, a, there was a first-time caller earlier today, and I think yes. her name was Julia. Yes, um, from Tennessee. I, that could have been me. Yep. Like yep. I consider myself a common-sense conservative. Mm-hmm. All her points were like me, dead on. So. Good, good. Well, yeah. you know, I think there's a lot of us, and, and that's why I want the show to grow, because I want to prove to people there still are a lot of common-sense conservatives and libertarians in Connecticut. We all haven't moved to South Carolina yet. Lee, I'm going to put you on right. hold. Matt needs to get your information to send to you a, a between-round bagel certificate. And, again, 12, a dozen bagels for six months. They're delicious. And please become a second-time caller, all right? All right, I will. We need you. Okay, thank you so much. All right, a few more. Uh, Patricia W., thank you for your amen. Uh, Chris P., thank you for your amen. Rob K., thank you for amen. So now it puts us at 29 amens for today, an all-time amen record, and four first-time callers, which is not a bad day. Hey, guys, love you guys. Have a great weekend, Matt. Awesome job as always. We'll see you Sunday at the at the, at the uh, autism uh, uh, bingo time. And... Um, Enjoy the weather if you can. It's going to be chilly, cold. Go Huskies. Go Wolfpack tonight. Love you guys. God bless you. I'll see you Monday morning. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.